Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Hey, good morning, church. Great to see you today. I want to give a shout out to all those joining us in Muskego as well as online. We're talking about pray first, which simply means pray about the things that matter, that matter to you, but also to God. It's so important that we continue to pray and that we continue to grow in our prayers. I don't know about you, but I need a little help whenever there's something in my life that I need to grow in, because the way I see it is if I could have grown in, I would have already done it by now, right? So I asked a friend about it. He said, you know what? Sounds like you need to find a mentor. Then he said this, choose your mentors wisely. And he went on to explain it with something so simple, so simple, but so very important when he said this, everyone has an opinion, but that does not make them an expert. Think about it. If you want help having a better marriage, it matters who you go to. It does. You want to find someone who has gone through relational struggles and they've come out together on the other side of it. If you want help when it comes to your finances, go to Financial Peace University and you're going to find some mentors, people who have done what you're trying to accomplish. Someone who lives within their means and they're generous at the same time. You want help getting healthier? Find someone who exercises regularly. Ask them how they do it. Someone who eats right. Ask them how they do it. Find someone to lead you through that path. You want help spiritually? Find someone who meets with God every single day and are growing in their faith. I've had mentors in every single one of these areas at some points in my life. I have a mentor today, actually, that's really helped me in, in several different ways. I need them. Otherwise, I won't make movement. What we've been talking about with prayer, it's the same. And so we've looked at these prayer mentors that that help us. The first week, we looked at a guy by the name of Daniel, some fantastic helps there. Last week, we looked at Paul. And this week, we're gonna look to, as our mentor, Old Camel Knees. Anybody ever heard of him? That's what I thought, okay, a couple. Old camel knees, you're like, what? Who in the world is old camel knees? And what do camel knees have to do with prayer anyways? Well, there's a guy by the name of Eusebius. That's not old camel knees, okay? Eusebius was the father of church history. Meaning he's the first one to start writing down what the church was like when it began. Eusebius We find his writings, and he wrote about a guy by the name of James, James, the brother of Jesus, and he called him Camel Knees. Look at it. This is a quote from Eusebius' writing as he's talking about James. It says, he frequently entered the temple alone and was frequently found situated upon his knees asking forgiveness for the people. 
so that his knees became hard after the manner of a camel on account of always heading or always bending down upon a knee while worshiping God and asking forgiveness for the people. What a description, right? Not flattering on the surface, is it? It's like, who wants knees that look like this right here, right? I mean, that's what a camel's knees look like. Why? Because they spend a lot of time on them. And so even though it's not flattering on the surface, what this means is that James prayed a lot. I mean, imagine how much you'd have to pray in order for someone to recognize that your knees are callous as a result of it. That's what Eusebius was explaining about James. Well, as I mentioned, James was the brother of Jesus. And so you can automatically get some thoughts like, well, he had a head start in life, didn't he? It wasn't quite that way. You see, James was not always good at prayer, but he did pray because he understood that prayer matters, but he didn't initially because there's quite a story to this, really, quite a lot actually about James himself. We won't go into much of it, but this I do think is very pertinent. He didn't believe that Jesus was God's son. Not growing up, at least, he didn't. It wouldn't be until later after Jesus proved that he was the son of God after he rose from the dead. But can you blame him? I mean, take, take a moment, think about this. You, growing up as one of Jesus' siblings in his house. I don't know if that'd be fun or terrifying, right? Can you blame James that he didn't believe Jesus, when he said, hey, by the way, guys, um, your dad's Joseph, but you know what? Mine, it's God. Yeah, that's not gonna fly, right? You should be more like your brother. Takes on a whole new meaning at that point, doesn't it? It's like, uh, no, 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 no. So you can kind of understand a little bit about, you know what, this would be a little problematic. But like I said, that all changed. It changed drastically. James would go on to be one of the pastors of the first church in Jerusalem. James would actually be killed for his faith, as many of the early disciples would be. And James would pray relentlessly. Why? Because he prayed like it matters. Because it does. Wow, I don't know about you. Somebody like that, they say, hey, I'm gonna teach a class on prayer. I'm, I'm gonna be at that class, right? Somebody like that says, hey, I wanna mentor you, help you to pray first. I'm gonna say, yeah, I'm in, help me. Well, thankfully, we get to. Here's why. Because James wrote the book of James in the New Testament. James, the brother of Jesus, wrote a book that is so, so practical and includes so much prayer in there and prayer helps. So I want you to turn to James chapter five. Like I said, it's in the New Testament. You got a physical Bible. If you just turn to the very end of the Bible, I know you'll find Revelation. That meant you went too far, but just back up a little bit and you'll find the book of James. Otherwise, grab the app. The app is such a great tool to be able to help you to have the Bible with you at all times, okay? Even if you don't have the Bible app right now, go ahead, take the time to download it. Turn to James chapter five, and we're gonna look at verses 13 through 16. 
You're going to see it packed full of insights and helps. It's a practical book, meaning that you can take the things immediately and you can begin to live them out right away. The whole book is like this. I'd encourage you to go back and read it. It's a real easy read. It's a quick read. But for now, let's go to James chapter 5. Begin in verse number 13. Drop down there if you would. It says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Like I said, James has a lot of great insights. Did you notice that he mentions prayer in every single one of these verses that we just read? Every single one of them. And he gives us a help for each of those as well. And so we can actually learn to pray first. Pray first. And then he begins to unpack that. Pray first in any and every circumstance that you find yourself in. And he begins with the one that probably comes a little more natural to us. The one that we'd expect. He says, if you're in trouble, pray first. Pray when facing trouble. Now, it's obvious why we should pray, right? We want the trouble to go away. So we pray when we're in trouble. But we need to go beyond that. Because God doesn't promise that he'll take all the troubles away. He doesn't. And so we need to pray in trouble, yes, that that trouble might be alleviated, but we also have to realize that the answer to prayer in trouble is not always found in the alleviation of the trouble, but it always includes God's grace. And we need God's grace in the midst of trouble. Many times, trouble or adversity, it's the school in which dependence upon God is learned. Think about that. There are some things that you will not learn any other way except through the pain of trouble. And so we shouldn't just back off on prayer. We need to lean into a conversation with God at that point, not away from it. In fact, it will become detrimental if we walk away from prayer at times of trouble. And it's simply for this reason. If we're unwilling to pray to God in trouble, we leave ourselves susceptible to blaming God for our trouble. You ever notice that? Let me say that again. If we're unwilling to pray to God in trouble, we leave ourselves susceptible to blaming God for our trouble. We do. And so it is so important that we pray during those times of trouble, those times of hardship. Not only do we need to pray, though, in trouble, we also need to pray when happy. Look at that. Verse number 13. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Do you recognize and realize that praise is prayer? That's what it is. You're having a conversation with God. And so what James is telling us is make sure that you pray when you're happy. What kind of prayers would you ever pray when you're happy? Prayers of thanks, right? Of praise. 
giving God glory, worship. We just did it moments ago, in fact. Sometimes we think of it as singing songs, but you know what? It's more than just singing songs. It's actually taking those words and speaking them to God, having a conversation with God. I need this reminder. I don't know about you, but I find it easier to pray in trouble than it is to pray when I'm happy. Sometimes I neglect praying when I'm happy. And then I began to realize, I think most of us have people like this in our lives. You have this person in your life, maybe it's a relative, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a coworker, that you swear the only time they ever come to you is when there's a problem. You see why it's important to pray when you're happy? You don't wanna be that person, right? It's this person. You see their number come up on your phone. Swipe voicemail. Or you can't do that because it make you feel a little too guilty, but you can't help it. But as soon as you see their name come up on your phone, this is the thought, oh no. What do they want now? Don't be that person. Thankfully, God's not like that. God's not looking at your prayer saying, oh no, what do you want now? But if the only time you come to him is when you're in trouble, I wouldn't wanna be that person. I wouldn't wanna be the recipient of only those prayers. Someone who doesn't recognize that the good things in life come from God and that they deserve a thank you. Moments ago, like I said, we just sang these words. Your name is the highest. Your name is the greatest. You will always be holy forever. And it was beautiful hearing those words come off our lips. But did they go through our hearts at the same time? Did we mean them? Did we converse with God? Did we tell him those things? Wow. If we pray when we find ourselves in trouble and when we find ourselves happy, are you noticing the pattern here? What does that mean? We're gonna be praying all the time. All the time. It's like, when wouldn't we pray, right? Constant communication with God is what he desires because that's a thriving relationship right there. That's what he wants from each and every one of us. Yet there's more. Think, well, how could there be more? He just covered all the bases. Man, you got when you're in trouble, you got when you're happy. It's tempting to lump this next circumstance in with trouble. But it's a special kind of trouble. It's a hard trouble. Because it doesn't have a face. But it brings a lot of pain. Almost every circumstance. In fact, it brings pain too. James tells us that we need to pray when we're sick. When we need healing, we need to pray. And again, you might think, well, that's obvious. That would be the time that I prayed if I prayed. Yeah, so why don't we then? When we are sick, we're to come and we're to pray. It brings a new meaning or it helps us understand 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Simply says this, one of the easiest passages of scripture to memorize because it's so short. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you. Be engaged in a relationship with God. Speak to him regularly, 
all throughout your day, under what circumstances do you find it most difficult to pray? Which ones? We need to pray continually. We need to develop some calluses on our knees because we're praying continually. Why would we pray continually? Because prayer matters. And we need to pray like it matters. Not only do we pray regularly, but we need to pray together. Together. I can't tell you the amount of times, sometimes in my my small group, sometimes it's when I ask someone if I can pray for them, sometimes when they ask me if I will pray for them. I'll pray, I'll get done. And someone will say, do you realize that's the first time I've ever prayed out loud? At first, I'm a little surprised. I've gotten past the surprise, though. And then I got really encouraged. And I say, why is that encouraging? Because there's a breakthrough that takes place when we pray with other people. There is. It's huge. It is huge. When you get past that fear, when you get past the fear of, what if I say the wrong thing? When you get past the fear of, what are they gonna think of me? Man, it just helps things blow up in a whole new way, in a great way, in fact. We need to be praying together with others. Sometimes it's in a small group. Sometimes it's with your family. Sometimes it's with your friends. They need you to be praying with them. If you are parents, you need to be leading your children in praying, and that requires you to pray with them. Imagine if all your prayers are hidden away from your children. How in the world are they going to learn to pray And here's the default, right? Well, that's between them and God. That's so personal. I I wouldn't want to interrupt that. No. I'm a firm believer in individual prayer. We need to pray individually, but we also need to pray with others. We need to invite others into our prayers. We need to ask them if we can be praying with them and for them, and then we need to do it. We need to do it. You notice here, this is actually where we begin to see why we've designated the third weekend of every month as prayer of healing. It comes from our mentor, James, because he tells us that prayer matters. It matters more than we realize, more than we'll ever recognize. And he's very detailed, in fact, on this whole, when you are sick. He says in verse 14, is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them. Anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. That oil is is a symbol of the Holy Spirit working in them. He's not saying, pray and don't ever go to a doctor. No, 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 no. Go to a doctor, okay? But also pray, recognizing God's doing a work here. And he wants to work in your life. He wants to bring healing. But you need to come to him. You need to ask him for it. You need to ask others to enter into that prayer as well. So immediately after service, We invite everyone, everyone to come, to come forward, to come and allow us to pray for you, whether you're sick physically, emotionally, spiritually. Maybe a relationship is broken, needs to be mended, needs to be healed. Come, come and ask for prayer. Put aside the thoughts that say, well, other people's problems, they're more important than mine. I don't wanna waste anybody's time. You're not wasting anybody's time. God tells us to come and to pray together. Don't skip it. Don't convince yourself that you don't need to. Come and pray together. You might be wondering, what's this whole thing about 
if you sinned. Anybody catch that part? Thought about just skipping that part. Is it okay if I just skip that part? Okay. No, we don't want to skip it, right? Verse 16, it says this. If they've sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. You notice he says, if they've sinned, okay? Yeah, we can say the same thing, right? Here's what you have to recognize. Unconfessed sin makes you physically sick. Wow. Unconfessed sin hinders your prayers to God. That makes sense, doesn't it? Try this, okay, if you're a child, okay? Go home, yell at your parents, and then ask them if they'll give you $5. Doesn't make any sense at all, does it? No, so ask them for 100, okay? Yeah, ask them for something big, out of your control that you could never have otherwise. It's like, of course, if we have sin between us and God, it's gonna hinder our prayers. Thankfully, he still listens. He does. If you have unconfessed sin, let's just take one, for instance. You've chosen to not forgive someone. You know what that means? You're gonna let that eat at you and turn over in your mind over and over and over. The pain is gonna be relived as if it's happening in the moment again and again and again and again. You think that's not gonna cause some problems? Physical problems? Definitely some mental ones, but some physical ones as well. We need to confess those because confession brings about a forgiveness and it brings about a forgiving heart as well and it allows you to release those things so they don't eat at you and become bitterness. It says, confess your sins. Take that time. Seek medical attention. Pray. Ask for forgiveness. Do them all. We need to pray first. We need to pray together. And we also need to pray expectantly. This is one of the hardest but actually it's one of my favorites. Prayer matters. It changes things. You believe that. Your prayers show that. Most of all, it changes us. Do you believe that? Your prayers reflect that. Are you developing some calluses on your knees because you believe so much in prayer? Because you want so desperately to talk to your father who invites you in to have a conversation with him at any moment. Never an interruption. At any moment to come to him. Look at how James describes prayer. It's powerful and effective. Do you pray like it matters? Reminds me of a story of a pastor in a small town. When I say small, there was one church. But in Wisconsin, it'd be known more like this. There was one bar. which probably isn't true in any place in Wisconsin. (laughs) But the bar was wreaking havoc in that town. And so the pastor decided, we're gonna designate a night and we're gonna come together and we're gonna pray, church. We are gonna pray. And we're gonna pray that God closes that bar. Two weeks go by. Lightning strikes the bar. It burns to the ground. The bar owner heard about the prayer meeting. So you know what he decides? He decides, I'm gonna sue that church. So they go to the judge. 
the bar owner, the pastor, some of the congregation. The bar owner pleads his case. He says, your honor, I found out these people, they prayed that my bar would close down. And so God struck my bar with lightning and it burnt down. It's these people's fault. They owe me. The judge gave opportunity for the pastor to speak. Pastor says, your honor, it's true. We had a prayer meeting. We prayed that the bar would close down, but there wasn't a person in that room that actually believed it would ever happen. The judge giggled. He's like, I am so confused. He said, before me stand two people. I have a bar owner who believes heavily, heavily, heavily that God answers prayer, and I have a pastor who doesn't. (laughs) Do you believe that prayer matters? Do you? You get on your knees and develop some calluses. Would you be fond of that term being called camel knees, actually? Because it would represent that you, you believe that prayer matters because you believe that prayer changes things and that you need to pray first in any circumstance. What are your beliefs about God when it comes to prayer? Do you believe that he wants to answer those prayers? Have you ever thought, I really want something, but I couldn't ask God for it? I just couldn't. Maybe you're afraid to ask because you don't know God very well. Maybe you don't ask because you don't feel worthy to ask because you just mess up everything that God gives you anyway. So why would he give you any more? Maybe you've thought, God already knows. This is my regular go-to right here. God already knows. So why do I even need to ask? He wants us to. He wants us to come to him. He wants us to ask. Maybe you think it's selfish to ask. Man, my stuff, it's just so small. Why would I ask? He invites us to ask. Or maybe you're just plain tired because you've asked before. And you've asked so many times that you just want to stop. You don't want to ask anymore. What does it say about your belief about prayer? Have you ever thought if God really wanted me to ask, then he would respond much sooner than he does? It's a human thought. Absolutely. It's a real thought. Maybe you don't ask because you don't want to let him down. And maybe the reality is you don't want to be let down. Have you ever had this happen? A friend comes to you and they tell you, you know what, I have cancer. And you're like, I can't pray for that. You think, it would take a miracle. It would take an actual miracle for that to change. Isn't that why we pray? Have you had somebody come to you and say, you know what, I have a friend that I love so much and I want them to spend eternity with me in heaven. In fact, I want them to have a relationship and the joy that I've experienced in this lifetime. But they just refuse. They refuse to believe in Jesus And I've been praying for them for 20 plus years. Would you pray with me for them? Maybe someone comes and you know they have an addiction. They say, would you pray? I wanna give this over to God and I just can't. And they come to you. 
Someone says, you know what, my child, they've gone astray and I want them back. And they say, will you pray for me? Will you pray for them? And you can't get past the thought, you know what, I, I can't, I can't do that. Because I'm afraid that you'd be disappointed if God doesn't answer the way that I think that he should. And so you don't pray. Or maybe you do pray. And you walk through the motions. You say, I'm going to pray. I'm just not going to believe. I'm just not going to trust. I'm just not going to get my hopes up. Because I don't want them dashed again. It needs to change. You see, our mentor tells us that prayer, and I don't think there could have been two better words, that prayer is powerful and effective. Prayer is powerful and effective. Do you believe that? Would you say it with me? Prayer is powerful and effective. This is the way he puts it. He tells us the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You might be saying, yeah, for a righteous person it is, but I'm not righteous. Do you know the righteous person is not a perfect person, don't you? You see, a righteous person is someone who's been made righteous because of Jesus Christ's blood. You see, a righteous person is a person who has responded to the gift that says, I will forgive your sins if you will place your faith in me. And if you've done that, you are righteous. If you are a Christ follower, you are made righteous. And he says that your prayers are powerful and effective. Do you believe that? Do you pray like that? If you're not righteous, you can be. Your next prayer is very clear at that point. Your next prayer needs to be, Jesus, I want your gift of salvation, your gift of forgiveness. In a moment, we're gonna pray. And I wanna encourage you, if you've never prayed that prayer, that you do so today. If you have been made righteous, I don't care whether you feel like it or not. If you've trusted Christ as your savior, what's your next step? How are you gonna pray first? You pray more regularly in any circumstance. You make a commitment to pray, to include others in your prayer, whether it be your children, your family, your friends, your coworkers, whoever it may be. Are you gonna pray together? Or are you gonna pray expectantly? What's the movement that you're gonna make? You close your eyes, bow your heads. As I mentioned, if you've never trusted Christ as your savior, he's waiting for you. He wants a relationship with you and he tells you that he'll give it to you. If you'll place your belief in him, belief specifically that he died on a cross, shed his blood as a payment for your sin. And that he will forgive you if you place your trust in him. He rose from the grave for that. If you're ready to trust Christ, just pray to him right now. Maybe something like this. Dear God, I wanna be made righteous. And I believe that you sent your son, Jesus. And through the shedding of his blood, I can receive forgiveness. 
I want to receive that forgiveness right here, right now, today. I want a relationship with you. With heads bowed, eyes closed, if that's you, you're trusting Christ for the first time today online, let us know in the chat. Muskego as well, would you raise your hand and say, that's me, I'm trusting Christ today, entering into a relationship with him, okay? All right. Christ follower, if you're here, you'd say, I need to pray first. In which of these areas, be specific even, to pray in any circumstance, to include others in your prayers, or to pray expectantly, would you make that commitment to God? Again, just raise a hand saying, I'm gonna pray first. I'm going to pray first, okay, all right. Lord God, help us to have the strength, Lord, to trust you, a good God who cares so deeply for us and wants us to come to him, he invites us to. I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to do that. Not just in trouble, God, but also in praise, but most of all, because it matters. We thank you, we praise you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. And everyone in agreement said, amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.